0: The following podcast is sponsored by the new Hood College Gear Shop. The gear shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place where we bought or rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts. Hats and scarves, sweaters and socks, mugs and cups. They even have hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or notebook? The Gear Shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College Leash or Collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The Gear Shop has your back. Need a last-minute birthday gift for your best friend you'll have plenty of options what i'm saying is the hood college gear shop has you covered for all your gift school snack and blazer branded clothing needs so next time you're in wit stop in and browse around mention my name chris nally in the name of this podcast all about the action and receive 10 off your purchase of any hood branded merch but listen to the show first hello everyone and welcome to all about that action i'm your host chris Nally. as i record the date is and it is about 8.50 a.m. Since it's the first episode, I wanted to give everyone a quick overview as to what this podcast is going to be about. This is a podcast for people who enjoy sports, first and foremost. I'll give you all kinds of reactions and recaps of games. One thing I'm super excited about doing is potentially some live reactions to game with a couple buddies of mine. I will have some guests on the show to talk about sports. Another aspect of this podcast that I will have every episode is not gambling advice. Would it really be a sports podcast without a little gambling action? I will be giving out three betting picks per week that I find interesting and the claims to back them up as to why I like them. Finally, the last part of this podcast is going to be rating IPA beers. Want to start liking IPAs? As a guy who didn't like them for the longest time, I understand the struggle of finding one you like. I'll give a rating out of 10 so that if you want to try them, based on my reaction, you can. That just about sums up an overview of the podcast let's hop right into a recap of scores from around the various leagues and some previews for the upcoming series of the week. In the NFL on Thursday night, the Eagles bested the Vikings 34-28 as Justin Jefferson's fumble proved to be a very costly one. One of the first games on Sunday, Packers Falcons ended 24-25 with Falcons coming out on top as Jordan Love plays very well, but a late miscue ends up costing the Packers. The Colts beat the Texans 31-20 as rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson goes down with a concussion. The Seahawks pulled out one in overtime against the Lions 37-31. The Chargers fall in overtime to the Titans 27-24 which is one of the more surprising upsets of the week. The Bills get right back on track after losing last week to the Jets and beat the Raiders 38-10 as Josh Allen throws for three touchdowns. The Chiefs win 17-9 over the Jaguars as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey connect for their first touchdown of the year. The Ravens beat the Bengals 27-24 as Joe Burrow struggles continue and he re-injures the calf that kept him out for all of training camp and most of the preseason. The Buccaneers beat the Bears 27-17 as the Bears and Justin Fields struggle to get anything going consistently on offense. The Giants storm back against the Cardinals 31-28 after being down 20. to nothing at one point. The Aaron Roderless Jets lose to the Cowboys 30-10 as the Cowboys defense is too much for Zach Wilson. The Commanders and Broncos play one of the craziest games I've ever watched as the Commanders win 35-33. Don't worry we'll talk about that more later. On Sunday night the Dolphins best the Patriots in Foxborough 24-17. On Monday night the Saints and the Steelers both took home wins as the Steelers get a much needed win. So for me by far, And i understand this is probably because i'm a commanders fan the game of the week was the commanders versus the broncos and when i say the commanders looked horrible to start that game i am not kidding they go down 21 to 3 they miss two field goals struggle to get the ball stopped on defense they can't do anything right on offense the offensive line is just getting blown up constantly They're getting run over. Sam Howell has no time to throw the ball. All the receivers are being locked down, and Russell Wilson looks like the Russell Wilson everybody knows and remembers from his time in Seattle. Then, all of a sudden, not sure what happened, a switch flipped. The Commanders get a fumble. They go down. I believe they scored, but let me double check. Yeah, they go down. Logan Thomas catches a touchdown pass from Sam Howell, and they go for two. They get the 2 point conversion, so then by that point, it's 11 2 21. Then they get the ball back. They drive down the field. Sam Hout makes the smart decision, throws the ball away with three seconds left on the clock, and he kicked the field goal to make it 14 to 21. One possession game. They get the ball first. When I say this is one of the most beautiful catches I have ever seen a wide receiver make, I am not exaggerating terry mclaurin goes over three defenders on a beautifully placed ball by sam how to tie the game up the extra point is good and it's 21 21. now the broncos get the ball back and they drive down the field but lo and behold lo and behold the one guy commanders fans wanted to see make an impact in this game made an impact on this drive chase young gets a sack in his first game back. Now I couldn't be happier for this guy. He's a Maryland local. He's gone through a lot of adversity in his career. An ACL injury has kept him out the last 16, 18 months or so. So it was really nice to see him come back into the game and have such an impact and watch him make such great plays. They're able to stop the Broncos after a big Chase Young sack on third down and the Broncos kick a field goal to make it 24-21 now the commanders get the ball back and they drive down the field from about now from about two yards out or so brian robinson takes one in for a touchdown then the commander's defense does exactly what they've been hoping for and gets them another stop yet again brian robinson takes one in for a touchdown finally will lutz the denver kicker kicks a 32-yard field goal to make it 27 35 after this this may be the craziest play i have ever seen happen on a football field broncos get the ball back they put a little drive together they get it to where russell wilson can just chuck a ball up and hope and pray that he can get it to the end zone in the back of my mind i'm thinking there's no way this can happen right wrong russell wilson throws this ball and it's sitting there up in the air and you're watching it bounce around everybody's helmets hitting off hands, and next thing you know, it lands in the end zone in a Broncos receiver's hand. But the craziest part of all of this is that the Broncos failed the two-point conversion, which lead to the commanders winning 35 to 33. Now, let's move on to some baseball. Baseball season's coming to a close as most of their teams have played 151 or 152 out of 162, on Tuesday night the Orioles lead the AL East by I believe two and a half games give me one quick second yep two and a half games over Tampa Bay both of these teams have clinched a berth in the playoffs but the Orioles magic number to clinch the division is eight in the AL Central the Minnesota Twins are eight games up on the Cleveland Indians but have the worst record of any team leading a division in baseball The Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners, and Texas Rangers are all within a half of a game of each other for the AL West division. It's gonna come down to the wire in this division, but most likely, all three of these teams will end up in the playoffs, probably with two of them as a wild card. This is one of the best things going on in sports right now, as Houston, Seattle, and Texas, in my opinion, all have a shot to go very deep in the playoffs. It's just about who they get matched up with and when they get matched up with them. Houston is once again one of the best teams in baseball. Sporting a lineup consisting of some of the best players, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, they're pretty much a juggernaut at this point. Seattle has one of the best young and -and up-and-coming pitching staffs in baseball that found their rhythm at the right time. Texas, lot to say about Texas. They paid what they wanted to pay to get the players they wanted to get. And finally, it is paying off for them. Atlanta may be the best team in baseball, leading the NL East by a whopping 15 games. They've already clinched a division ahead of Philadelphia and Miami. In the NL Central, Milwaukee is six games up on the Cubs and looking to clinch the division here in the next week or so. The Dodgers have also clinched a postseason berth at 93 and 57 and 14 games up on the Diamondbacks. Looking at the wild card for baseball, the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers are tied for the third spot with the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays in the one and two, not in that order. The Yankees, the Red Sox and the Guardians are the first three teams out by seven games, eight and a half and 11 and a half. In the NL, the Phillies, Diamondbacks and the Cubs the first three in the marlins the reds and the giants are a half game out one game out and three games out the NL wild card is looking to be one of the more exciting races coming down to the finish line in baseball the orioles last night won their second consecutive game in houston helping to further their cause as one of the best teams in baseball they sport the second best record in the mlb and are proving to be one of the best young teams in the sport all right after a recap of all those scores i wanted to talk about once again i know it's probably just near and dear to me but i wanted to talk about it one of the games over the weekend that was absolutely magnificent to watch and mind you i watched both of these games in a 20 minute span. So, Orioles are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. It's late. Rays are up three to two. It's the top of the ninth inning. They have runners on first and third. Weekly hit ground ball to first base. For first baseman Ryan O'Hearn fields it, taps, throws home. Umpire calls the runner safe. So that would make it a 4-2 game. The Orioles manager Brandon Hyde decides to challenge the play at the plate. After further review, the runner is called out, keeping the game at three to two, going into the bottom of the ninth. So in the bottom of the ninth, the Orioles get a runner on first. They put the speedster Jorge Mateo on first base to pinch Ron. Now the next two batters get out. Up comes Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier's a left-handed slap hitting second baseman he just kind of dinks and dunks the ball all over the field. There's nothing really too crazy, so he's not the guy you want up in this situation needing to tie the game with two outs where you need a ball in the gap. So, Frazier's having this crazy at-bat. Fouling pitches off, left and right. They keep trying to send the runner on first base in motion to maybe have him get a running head start to be able to score, but to no avail at first. Finally, on a 3-2 count, Jorge Mateo, the runner at first base, breaks for second. Adam Frazier, takes a low and away fastball and when I just say flips it it's almost just like he stuck his butt out flipped his wrists and shoots the ball over the third baseman's head the runner scores three three going into the 10th. now for major league baseball this is the second year of this rule but in extra innings they have a runner start on second base in hopes of speeding up the game the Rays have a guy hit a single next batter just pounds one into the ground. When I say it went about 25 feet high, I'm probably not kidding you. Just flipped up in the air and there's the pitcher sitting there waiting for it to come down. He has no chance of trying to get the runner at the plate, but he fields it and gets the out at first. The Orioles get out of the inning with the score being four to three Tampa and head to the bottom half of the inning. The bottom of the 10th, the Orioles record two quick outs in all hope, is looking bleak for the birds but next thing you know adley rutschman the all-star catcher comes to the plate now this guy on the mound i can't remember his name off the top of my head was not throwing soft but rutschman somehow pulls his hands inside of a 100 mile an hour fastball and shoots it back up the middle the runner scores and it's four to four the orioles in the top of the 11th brought in the lefty deal hall deal hall is known for being a bit of a Wild card throws hard struggles to find the zone, finds the zone, gets lit up. But he's been having more success as of recent. So here comes D.L. Hall. And D.L. Hall works one of the best innings I may have ever seen him work as an Oriole reliever under pressure. Now, if you're an Orioles fan, it was very, very, very similar to the save he recorded at the end of last year in New York against the Yankees. But nonetheless, it's a very pivotal point to get a zero on the board for Tampa and keep the game tied with the winning run starting on second base for the Orioles in the bottom of the 11th. Now up next for the O's is the four batter Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn by no means is a guy you want playing small ball, bunting the ball, trying to move the runner over. But lo and behold, first pitch he squares to bunt and drops a beautiful bunt to the first baseman so the runner can easily advance to third base and have a better chance of scoring with less than two outs now a ground ball wins the game A fly ball wins the game A base hit wins the game. The odds just improve significantly thanks to that great sacrifice by Ryan O'Hearn. Cedric Mullins was up next for the O's, and he lined a ball in the deep center field, having the center fielder go back with all of his momentum, making him unable to make the play at home. The Orioles win the game 5-4, clinching their first playoff berth since 2016, almost seven years. As a lifelong Orioles fan and someone who has hoped and dreamed about watching this team return to its former glory I could not be happier for them now ladies and gentlemen it's what you all have been waiting for Chris's picks first pick of the week Christian McCaffrey alternate rushing yards coming in minus 155 75 yards plus McCaffrey one of the best running backs in the league Giants defensive line one of the worst star player Kavon Thibodeau has been struggling to create pressure has one of the worst pass rush grades in the entire nfl the 49ers have the best mark my words the best offensive line in the nfl if mccaffrey can even do half of what he's typically done this year and run behind his offensive line well i have a very good feeling that this one will connect second pick of the week is chargers money line against the vikings both of these teams are coming into the game 0-2 chargers struggled vikings defense has struggled herbert is bound for a win now you could be saying the vikings are bound for a win they're coming home things haven't gone their way i think they slide a little further i think kirk cousins has his worst week yet and i think herbert has his best i think Herbert and Keenan Allen get in a rhythm early and I feel the Chargers defense is significantly better than the Vikings I feel like the Chargers defense is going to be able to halt the Vikings just enough to the point that the Chargers can outscore them. Finally my last pick of the week is going to be the Patriots over the Jets. Moneyline minus 135 at MetLife. New England Patriots are bound for a win. The Zach Wilson-led Jets are struggling mightily. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. There is no way he lets the Patriots drop to 3-0, especially with how well Mac Jones and the defense has been playing. I feel the Patriots are in for a big win and are able to get off on the right foot and go 1-2, and which will start them on a hot streak. Okay, so for all my listeners, before we get into these beers, we need to go over some quite professional terminology. The first one I'm going to go over with y'all is ABV. You'll probably hear me talk about ABV a lot. And as most of you know, ABV is the alcohol by volume. It's the measure of how much alcohol is in the beer. So this is the amount of ethanol in a container is shown as a percentage of the overall volume of the drink. higher the percentage the stronger the alcohol so water for example has an ABV of zero well pure grain alcohol would have an abv of a hundred percent the next one i want to go over with you guys is ibu so the ibu is a scale but what does that mean the ibu is the international bitterness unit scale it is a scale used to gauge the level of a beer's bitterness ibu measures the parts per million from the hops in a beer, which gives the beer its overall bitterness. All right, those are my two big terms. You'll probably hear a lot of things like Pilsner, lager, those kind of things as well, but those are less important. IBU and ABV are the two big ones for me. Let's get right into it. Last but not least, I wanted to give you all some ratings on some beer I've tried this past week. My favorite one, and it's been a couple weeks since I've started messing with this one. It's called King of Clouds by Three Notch Brewing. I honestly wish I could record live as I was trying them for you guys. It didn't work out this week for it to be that way. But King of Clouds by Three Notch Brewing is one of my favorite IPAs right now. It has a great flavor, it's not too heavy, and Three Notch Brewing is a local company. It's about 7.5 ABV and a has a 10 on the IB, IBU scale. The next one for me is Sour Monkey by Victory Brewing Company. Now, this is not for the light of heart. This one has a 9 ABV. It's an incredibly good IPA. As someone who enjoys things with a little bit of bite, it has a lot of nice fruity notes, but has a definite bite of citrus, lemon, maybe lime in there to give it a lot of added flavor. So, the Pilsner beer, but it is one of my favorites going around at the moment. All right, I think that just about wraps us up. From a crazy week in sports, from baseball to football to Chris's picks. Maybe you'll have a couple beers for me this weekend. Please also send in all of your recommendations. If you're a listener, I would love to be able to review them for you. And also, also, more importantly, I like to change up the beer I'm drinking. Thank you all for listening to All About That Action. I'm your host, Chris Nally. Make sure to tune into the next episode. See you all later.